Welcome one and welcome all to another great episode of Chillin' McCofee. I have a great guest, long-term friend, college, is it college, college buddy? College? Dude, we've, no, it's been a long time. It's I don't been know. a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's Matt Ellentuck. You might know him on Twitter. He has the newsletter, Here's Basketball, correct? Correct. Correct. Uh, how are you doing today? Dude, it's warm. I'm actually like, I feel like my energy is being lifted. Oh, yeah, I know. It's it's like 80 outside. I can finally use, finally go outside and like actually get sun and feel happiness. You know, <laughs> haven't felt oh, that in joy. months. That's a, that's a thing. <laughs> wow, what a, wow, an emotion. That's fun. Joy, what is that? Uh, before we continue, I have an ad read. Um, so this podcast is brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Homefield Apparel is a licensed college apparel brand that sells some of the comfiest and best looking articles of clothing that you will see. They have over 100 schools already. And if you don't see your favorite school slash alma mater, don't worry because they're constantly adding schools. Just give it some time. From t-shirts to hoodies to even fleece joggers, you can check all of their merch on www.homefieldapparel.com. What a one brand, time. man. I will eventually get the ad reads like right in one take. I didn't get it right in one take in front of um in front of Connor and he was the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, mm, it, it kind of it goes it goes with their whole vibe. I feel like a, a straight good read. That's not what Homefield wants. <laughs> Just off the beaten path. Yeah. So it's been such a long time. Like we met at Maryland and we were both at the Merrill School of Journalism. Merrill College we're, of Journalism. Oh, yeah, we're old. That was, like, I, yeah. dude, that was eight years. Eight years ago, I set foot on the University of Maryland's campus. And I think I've known long. you since freshman year. I feel like we met pretty soon in, into freshman year. Yeah. So what? What's your what? What are your, some of your favorite Maryland memories? You know, favorite Maryland memories. I feel like I'm trying to think back to like what was cool here's a good point do you remember freshman year when the really cool thing to do was to like sneak onto the football field why was that oh yeah thing? sneaking into bird stadium or oh, i like this Maryland i'm stadium. trying to think back like as early as i can and why was that like the thing that like everyone had to do or else they weren't cool i never did it you weren't cool i wasn't cool no i never did it <laughs> what i did do was sneak into the barn that's what i oh. did do yeah wait that's a little more treacherous <laughs> yeah. So the University of Maryland College Park, uh, we have a barn on campus uh, with actual animals. So one time, it was my freshman year, we were, you know, we were just doing random, random freshman year shit, coming back from like a party or whatever. And we, our dorm was so close to the barn. So we were like, okay, we don't get this chance that often. We're going to hop. We're going to hop the fence onto the barn. And the barn doesn't have any security or anything. So we go into the stables. Like what? Horse... You mess with horses? We didn't mess with horses. We walked in. And I, I walk in slowly. And I was like, I don't think there are any animals here. Because it was <laughs> quiet. It was so quiet. I was like. I feel like it was like hit or miss sometimes. Sometimes you walk past and it was like a zoo. And sometimes there was nothing there. Right. So one time I walked in, I was like. Well, I only did this once. So I was like, okay, there are 
no animals and then i hear like a horse like neigh like i was like okay and i just like run out of there and i'm just like yeah we should go there are actual animals here because up until that point i had never seen an animal in the barn so i was like hmm let's see yeah that's let's see i feel I like that's a freshman year thing you learn yeah we were also in the acc for that one year that was yeah i like kind of pretended like i knew what the acc was like i came from new york and i was like i didn't know anything really about college like you, the nature you, of college sports and people caring about conferences oh really so but i'm kind of pissed because i never got to like feel the maryland duke thing for even a second like I'm, i can't even pretend it just never happened for me man the maryland duke thing was interesting because i grew up a duke fan right? yeah so I... you must get it <laughs> so i grew up in raleigh my entire like school experience from middle school to high school would be what would happen was we're, we're a big college sports state right it's either you have you can choose between north carolina duke nc state wake forest appalachian state east carolina and like everybody just argues with everybody i know i'm forgetting schools there's unc charlotte umc wilmington but the only pro teams we had at the time were coastal carolina okay coastal carolina charlotte the 49 like yeah so the t- the pro teams that we had directly in Raleigh were the Carolina Hurricanes, and that was it. So Charlotte had the Carolina Panthers, and then I guess the, we had the weird Charlotte Bobcats arc, and then the Hornets came back. But we weren't really focused on that. So in middle school, what we would do yeah. is you would go to school with these UNC fans or these Duke fans and these Wake Forest fans. So every time a game happened, it was that time that you were able to, like, talk trash to your friends being like ah duke got you this time or ah whatever and acc basketball was so important to my middle school that we had we had a day called so whenever the acc tournament came out my school i went to a like a small episcopal school and we during the acc tournament we rented out a movie theater and every person in the middle school would get into a bus and we would go to the movie theater and they would play the ACC tournament on the movie theater. Dude, that was the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yes. And I also realized that that was just not normal. That is not normal at all. And I went to, I was like, when I went to college, I was like, you guys didn't do that when you guys had like a Pac-12 tournament. They were like, no, no one did this. And I'm like, well, I guess, yeah. So I What kind of recruiting school did you go to? (laughs) (laughs) So... When I first get to Maryland, and keep in mind, Maryland is not Duke's first rival. So I come to Maryland, and I meet all these people at orientation. I tell them from I'm from North Carolina, and they're like, please, for the love of God, tell me you're not a Duke fan. And I was like, I was, but like, I'm not really attached to it anymore. And then that first, that last, that Maryland-Duke game where Maryland – had a chance to win and then charles mitchell like missed the layup the layup just like that was the yeah, last that's really matchup. that's on par that's, that's on par the, that's the last that's... matchup between duke and maryland i think since so i remember we were watching all in the lounge my freshman year lounge cumberland eight and we were watching on this like small lounge tv and every single maryland fan was irate and i was just like stone-faced because i wasn't happy but I also wasn't a Maryland fan yet. So I wasn't like 
thrilled that Duke won, but I was just like, nope, don't point your anger out on me. Like I'm, I go here now. I, we we financially give you guys money. I've never given Duke money, <laughs> ever. You know. <laughs> to be clear. To be clear. Like let's be I clear. I am jealous as hell because I think I will always say being from New York. New York is just like the most overrated sports city there is for lots of reasons, but especially yeah. on the college aspect, because like no one's really that like. There's like such a different culture around sports in New York because. The Jets and Giants aren't even in New York. They're they're in New Jersey. The Knicks are terrible. No one's really I guess maybe now Brooklyn, it's been some time with the Nets. So like people who live in Brooklyn might actually be natural fans, but that's a New Jersey team. So like fans are carrying over from there. And right. the college sports just like doesn't really exist. So I remember meeting people who would be from Maryland or grew up in a, in a state uh, south of Maryland who went to school there. And they'd be like, oh, like you're not a fan of like Syracuse. And I'd be like, Dude, Syracuse is further from where I live than Maryland is. Like, hells no. I've never even been to Syracuse. But so I didn't have that feel. And then you go, even like when we moved to the Big Ten, we saw it even more with like people being pissed off that we were even in the Big Ten since we were like an East Coast school and it kind of made no sense. And right. I was like, oh, wait, people actually like care about this kind of stuff. That's actually kind of sick. I wish that we had that. And I feel like people don't know how big New York is. Like, you see the map yeah. and you're like, yes. okay. And my mom, my mom grew up in upstate New York. She grew up in uh, Schenectady and then like lived in Albany or one of the two first. And I remember when I, when I moved to New York City, I was like, mom, did you ever come to New York City? And she's like, I went to New York City like twice in my life. Like Albany's a three, it's like a three hour train ride. We, That's we what I'm saying. That. It, it is, it, it is huge. And like everything's concentrated in that one small, like New York City area. And then like anything, but like. Buff, the Buffalo Bills, I have to remind myself, are like they're a New York team. That just doesn't really register like ever. But have you noticed this? Because now you've been in New York for a couple of years. Do you feel like the sports culture in New York is just like off? Um, it depends. I don't think it's off. I think, think it's a different vibe. I think yeah. that so I have a New York Rangers jersey and I've gotten okay. people I've gotten a couple compliments being like, oh, yeah, I love I love that Rangers colorway. Like you'll meet fans and then I'll wear a jersey of another team. And then someone will like be like, ah, oh, you need to get rid of that Buffalo Sabres jersey. Like this is, for I'm like, oh, but I'll have like my headphones in. And I'm like, are they just yelling at me because? And then they, <laughs> I see my jersey. I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't like. So, you know, All right, but, maybe the city, maybe the city's a little more into it because I didn't, I didn't grow up in the city, so maybe that's the difference. I think the, I think the great thing about New York City and um, DC that I've known from living in both is that there's a bar for every team. That's interesting. That's the wild part, you know? Like, I I remember it was the Patriots and the Ravens. And I was hanging out with my friends. They were like, let's go here. And I was like, okay, I don't know why this is specifically the place. Like, we were in Brooklyn, the bars in Manhattan. And I get there. It's a Patriots bar. And I was like, Hell's oh. No. Who wants that? <laughs> Who asked like, for oh. that? I was like, oh, but... You know, I went to I a lot of Maryland fans. No, no, not a lot of people from my freshman year. Most some a lot were Patriots fans, and I've kept in touch with them afterwards. So, couldn't be did me. not know it was a Patriots bar. So there's a bar in New York, basically for almost every team. Like if you, because I have Georgia football fans friends up here, and they they know the Georgia bar, and then you, I guess that's just how it goes. When you have a city that big, I guess it makes a lot more sense. 
Yeah, I think coming from everywhere. Isn't there? I feel like there's one place that we used to go to that was like a Buffalo Bills bar, but I, in I DC. Think, I think this might be a New York thing. I have no idea. Oh, New but, York thing. I don't know. Yeah, there are some places like there's some cities where the city is big enough that you're gonna find your pocket of fan base wherever, and I think New York City is one of those. That is cool. I feel like I think it was cool if I came from a different area and was able to find my own little like cult of whatever sports team fan I was from like the other side of the country. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. But I wonder how many of those fans there are compared to like the major city in New York sports fans. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it depends on if you go to a game. I'm a Mets fan too, just because of like odd childhood. That decisions. is true. I forgot that about you. But the thing is, I love Mets fans. Like we're terrible, we're ter- like we're a terrible team. But like, I whenever if I like wear like a Mets gear, like I can make friends with people in New York just off of that strength, you know. Which is really, which is really interesting and cool because the city, the city just has everything. Honestly, yeah, it definitely does. When you were at Maryland, we were, we were both doing like student publication stuff. What was your favorite uh, covering? thing to cover at maryland like favorite maryland sports moments that you covered my favorite was the year that the maryland men's basketball team was super high ranked i think they were like preseason top five maybe top 10 oh yeah and they, that, they it, was, were, it was like that was the year that was the year right and i remember and it was my first year like i had covered the team at the end of the year before and then i had bumped up and i was that was going to be my full first season and i was like yo this cannot be cooler like this is this is perfect. And then Diamond Stone committed and then Rashid Suleiman was transferring. And I was like, this is, this is the most stacked squad like imaginable. Like this is an NBA team. Like we were, we were all so <laughs> like on campus. We were so hyped. I remember when Diamond Stone committed and just the entire vibe on campus was like, Oh, like we actually might be, we might be good. Yeah. And it was really fun to cover from the start because obviously they were playing like crap teams winning by like 20 or 30 points and i was like oh my god like book the final four tickets like this is going to be the year and like they just were so mediocre (laughs) but which like disappointed a little more as the season went on but it was still cool as hell because it was like it felt like so many people really cared about that team and like being able to cover a team that actually mattered in college was something i never really expected so that was definitely my favorite year by far even if they got smacked in sweet 16 and that was as far as they went yeah and that was the i think that was the year i stopped going to the basketball games in person because i know why freshman year because i just didn't like waiting out in the cold man dude that was the team though that was the year that was the year but also i was i was staying like all the way across campus like nowhere close to the stadium where were you staying i think i was staying in was that our sophomore or junior year Junior? I think junior. Okay, junior year I was staying in the I was staying in the view. So actually it wasn't that far. But yeah, I remember no. I remember Leonardtown when I was staying in Leonardtown, which is all the way across, like so far away from uh, Maryland. Okay, Leonardtown is Leonardtown is far away. Coolest spot though. I think that was my favorite place to live in on campus. Yeah, that was my favorite place as well. I think that my thing was that I think my snapping point was that one time we were it was a non-conference game, like one of the three or four games because i remember the first year where okay for those of you that don't know i don't i know that colleges do this differently but at maryland tickets are free but you have to go through a lottery to get the basketball and the football tickets now in my four years i had never been denied a ticket to any game whatsoever but 
even when you got that ticket, there were no assigned seats. So if you wanted a you ticket, had to get there early. you had to get there super early. And sometimes it would be in the freezing cold. I think the the most fun thing I did was I think this was the Maryland Virginia game. It was the last time Maryland it was Maryland beat Virginia and we stormed the court. This is my freshman year, and it was me. That was the Joe Harris year. I th- it was a Justin Anderson year. So that was that the Joe Harris. Yeah, I year think as well? that's the same one. I remember. I remember them both. I was out there in the freezing. It was so cold. I was out there on the ground, and we took we had a group of six so thankfully like some of us could leave and like do mcdonald's runs because that was necessary um and then mark turgeon came out with cheese pizza and it was 11 30 a.m but we didn't care and it was like i was like i was like i don't usually eat cheese pizza but i don't really have a choice but i'm so cold i need i need something right so i remember that experience and then the next year when like Everybody, everybody was like really. The team was like really, really hyped. It was just a, lo- a super long line, two hours early for a game that I was like, I don't really need to see in person. Like this is going to win by thirty, and I was like, that's. I'm like, that's probably the last time that I'm going to probably do this. So, <laughs> so you wait. So you never went to an in uh, to a game in person after that that year. I think the only ones I would do after that were like the Gold Rush games. Okay, so you went to the big ones. You weren't yeah, like missing I do the big like ones, the Michigan but State or Michigan games, right? A few of those I definitely missed, but I was not going to do. I was not going to go to every game like I would have gone to a Maryland soccer game. You know, That's I went fair. to more. I went to more That's Maryland fair. soccer games because the Maryland soccer experience is also they were also really, really fun. good. Yeah, that that was also a really fun place to but, go, especially because it was also like when it was it was pretty warm for like the beginning of that season too. Yeah. And then it was like scarf day as well, when everyone, yeah. like, you got a free soccer scarf and everybody that, wanted us. Because they, they were so one. cool. They I was so always cool. hoping that somebody would be too drunk and leave one somewhere. I That's how I got one one time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after that, we ended up working at SV Nation together. You know, those were some good years. I gotta say, it is, we had a really unique situation having so many of us friends from college work yeah. at the same place in the same office for it just felt like an ex, like a continuation of like the cool part of college right you never really walk into a uh, like a office and then see like half the people you've like seen it's for it years. just felt so normal like right. it just felt like we we're like it was like going to class again with like friends except we were doing cool shit and getting paid for it sb nation's like dc office was um, a great this, time yeah, so it was in the heart of DC, and then, you know, corporate stuff happens. So, but now it does. But listen, I I will always like I remember I'd sit down and I'd look and it'd be like you behind me, it'd be like Brittany on my right, like Kirshner in front of me. I'd be like, this is this is what I've been doing for six years. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> is this all man? <laughs> so it's just all Maryland like, people. <laughs> you guys are all from Maryland. And we're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it's like. I think that they literally, they were like, well, it worked out with this kid from Maryland. How about more kids from Maryland? How about that kid? Okay, yeah, that's good. That's good. He looks good. Yeah. So now you are doing Here's Basketball and covering the WNBA. How has that been for you? And how long have you been covering women's basketball? Did you cover women's basketball in Maryland too a little bit? or? So I never covered women's basketball at Maryland. I covered, I was after our internship. 
Actually, you weren't in that intern class. That was when was me not, and Brittany no. were, uh, were interns. And that was the end of the internship. And I knew I wanted to stay there. And they didn't have women's basketball coverage. And that was my pitch. And I was like, please keep me. I love it here. Uh, I can do women's basketball. You don't have that. And at the beginning, they were just sort of like, all right, kid, like, sure, whatever. Here's here's some here's some money. Here's a credential. Like, good luck. Uh, and that's how I got started, which is like, literally, if I look back on my career so far, that is the thing I'm happiest that I did because uh, it launched me into, uh, you know, the thing that I really like to do. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I've kind of I've taken a break from it now um, because I've started to do a couple of other freelance things. I hope to do it a little more once we get to the WNBA season. But yeah, I don't know. It's been interesting and weird. I know you've like hopped into a bunch of different ventures just to like kind of get your hands into things and, and seeing what they're like. And it's it feels very different to like have to care about the business end of things and like the person to person type things. I don't know. It feels it's very weird. It's something I never thought I'd be like doing. I think it made me uncomfortable a bit, but I've kind of learned, I guess. I don't know. It's a little weird. I mean, I think the thing that, that we I wish I was prepared for is learning the actually learning more of the business side of journalism. Yes. And like all the yes. different all the different avenues that you can take in media. And I 100%. think that whenever I do one of the one of these whenever I like try something new, it's like one part is like just me like getting reps in, like doing cool stuff that I like to do. And the other stuff is just like trying to understand a market, trying to understand something. Yep. Because I remember that I would used to, whenever something new would come up, I would like dismiss it, right? When Vine, I remember when Vine came out in high school, I was like, this is the dumbest app ever. <laughs> like who would, who in their right mind? And then like four years later, it's like, oh, this is like changing what we, like this is changing social video as we know it. Yeah, I was gonna say, cause you become like the king of that. I feel like whenever I see you start doing something, then I'm like, oh, well, Kofi's doing it. I better go look into it. I mean, it depends. I don't really see it though. I feel like I always still come a little late to the party. Um, well, then I'm really freaking late. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my philosophy is that like, if it's something new and if I can see something potentially that could like help whatever I'm doing, then I'll give it a shot. You know, I still yeah. have Snapchat spectacles. I'm not going to even lie. What is that? So Snapchat spectacles, they were these Snapchat glasses that you could wear and like just film Snapchats from your glasses. I hate that, honestly. I thought, I didn't think that that was the future, but I have a pair <laughs> because I wanted to try it out. I've and literally then, never heard of these. And then months later, Snapchat changed their user interface. Everybody hated it. And I was like, well, well, I we struck out like, here. Yeah. I never even saw, were they expensive? Oh, they're about $110. Oh, they were, you, you spent some real money on that investment. Yeah, they were. Oh, yeah. I, I rest in peace it. to the spectacles. Because I don't think they, I don't think they work with any, if they, now if they worked with an, if another app, Maybe if That's I was gonna say. So, and... so wait, you would like hit a button on the glasses and it would record and only, only send it to Snapchat. That's what I think. Yes, I have to go get. I have to. Well, I don't even know if I have them anymore, because it, it's <laughs> like that was. That's probably like one of the most, one of the more expensive things that I like look at, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm never using that. But yeah, no. I whenever my curiosity peaks, like especially when you know, in in this quarantine kind of thing, like. I have a lot of like I have a lot of empty time on my hands and yep. 
I, you know, even though that working in this industry is just a gauntlet and tiresome, it's it's still it's still always like interesting and curiosity peaking to try new things. And that's yep. why it'll be like, oh, try the Substack, you know, let me see, let me see if I can do this music writing stuff or like, I don't know, like, I don't have proof of concept for this. Let me just do it offline. I mean, do it on my own because I've realized that it's hard to, it's hard to say that you're interested in doing something if you don't have a track record, if, if your resume is empty, you know, like yep. when I was... When I wanted to be on the video team in SB Nation, I would like keep I would message people a little bit and then I'd be I'd look back and I'd say, Oh wait, the only video content I have, the last time I did video content was two years ago in college. Yep. So then I was like, I might as well might as well start doing these videos on my free time and then it's like That was one of the smartest things you did. And so in DC, you know, DC, I was making what forty eight k in DC, living in the living in the DC hood, you know, <laughs> like making just making these YouTube videos on the company laptop. Like it was, it's like uh, I was like, hey man, I don't know where I don't know where this will get me eventually, but I, I think that even if it doesn't get me wherever I want to eventually, I think it. I still like making the content enough that I would just do it regardless. And that's I, been my thing. I think that's just, that is a super important thing in the industry that like you, you have like your work lane and you can keep working towards that, but it is really important to have other things on the side as not only like a backup, but just in case you like want to swap into something else, you want to make money doing something else. Like, uh, we're kind of in a, I feel like we're in a world in media where no one really knows what the future is, but everyone knows that the future is something different. So everyone's just sort of like playing this game of is, is this the answer? Is this the answer? Is this the answer? And like, it's important to stay on top of it to make sure that like you fill whatever that next lane is. Cause like, we just kind of walked into like pure chaos. I feel like we walked into this age where like when we started in college, we were being taught by people who didn't understand internet and then internet grew even more. And now like what we thought was the right way the internet was like coming out of college, even that's changed in four years. So like, you just gotta always keep up on shit. It's very tiring. It, it is interesting. It's like, yeah, I had a great time at Merrill College, right? I had a great time. But that's the thing about going to a journalism school is that Especially in one where everything that you might know in the first two or even three years might just be flipped on its head. I don't think that anything is relevant anymore. And we've been out of school for only four years. I can't even think of a thing that's relevant anymore. Besides, like, besides, like, the basic grammatical and, like, ethics stuff that we learn. But, I mean, the ethics, listen, the ethics stuff will carry over. I'll give them that. Ethics, but law, grammatical that, stuff. That definitely carries over. But even, like, the grammatical stuff, though, we're also shifting, right? Like, Ryan yeah. makes this joke all the time where, like, we were in school learning how to write tweets in complete sentences with grammar. Oh, yeah. I would have I would have negative eight followers if I did that. Nobody would want to follow. <laughs> nobody would want to follow that shit. Are you kidding? Like the way they wanted us to tweet was nuts. We nuts. were asked to we were asked to have per personal and professional accounts. You remember personal that? and professional accounts? <laughs> what? What in the boomer hell were we being taught? And like the thing is, like I kind of get it. I get why they didn't understand, but also like. That's why journalism school is just like, I don't know. I, I, I would have gone to journalism school regardless because I thought that was the answer. But 
part of me is like, maybe I should have just majored in something else. And I then think... like figured out this avenue on the side. I, think I don't know our, if I would have gone to the same place, but it's something I think about. I think our industry, the thing, I think our industry, the thing is, is that you can, you can do this without a journalism degree. Yes. However, I know that if I majored in something else in college, <laughs> I would not have had a good time. Yeah, I mean, I agree with <laughs> you. I mean, I feel like at the end, we were barely clinging on to like classes that were really not that hard. We just really didn't care. Yeah, I think for us, because I think one thing that I will give the journalism school credit for is that they encouraged us to do these internships, and a lot of our teachers would be understanding if we had, if we had a lot of, if we had a couple projects, but if we also had like an internship project, we can go to our teacher and be like, hey, I'm gonna have to miss class today. This internship wants me to be on this site or stuff like that, and I think that that was very. Um, that was a very gracious thing because a lot of our teachers were adjuncts as well. That's so. a very good point. I had the same thing because we were, I mean, you were working full time at SB Nation in college, right? Yeah. For my second half, I was working full time at SB Nation. And then yeah, that's, my... I mean, that's insane. I, yeah. I was part time and even I was like trying to juggle two things at once. And like, I'd very obviously be working on something for SB Nation during class. And I'd be like, like, I'm getting paid by them. I don't know what you want me to do. Right, right. It's like, <laughs> it's like you don't make me any money. I'm sorry, but you don't. My senior year when I got, I was at the undefeated and I was getting full time hours there too. I don't know how, how did you function? So, <laughs> it's. It's a, it's just, <laughs> I look back and I'm like, I don't know how I did that either because my first, my first semester, I two, two or three, two times a week, I would, oop, I would travel into the undefeated's office. I would, but I would like during like the weekday, like yeah, the school hours during the school day, I changed my schedule around. So like, I could like be like, oh, this is I why you didn't go to any basketball games. Yes. Yeah, this is also why I didn't go to any basketball games, <laughs> but like, I'd be like, okay, I'd have a Tuesday and Thursday would be free. Like, I planned, thankfully, I planned my schedule. I was given my work schedule, and I planned the classes I needed to take around my work schedule. So that's how, that's the only way that it worked. Did it always yeah. work? Eh, no. Mm. I'd have to, like, take some L somewhere. Like, there was a, there was a class that I had where... The teacher was like, I think you can, I think you can, if you just try a little, you could apply yourself more. And I'm like, do, should I apply myself to get a B or an A or should I continue to get paid? Yeah, um, that, the, the thing is their grades just didn't really matter. Yeah, it's like, is all. this, I'm yeah. like, I have a job now. This was the goal, right? Can I go? I, and like, <laughs> I think, and like, I think sometimes we lost track of that though, or like, Maybe at the beginning, it never, I don't know, did you think at the beginning of college that, like, my whole goal is to, like, get, obviously that was the goal, but, like, it never occurred to me that you could get a job before college even ended and then not have to care. For some reason, I felt like at the, at the end, I was still caring too much about grades when grades didn't get me the thing I needed at the end. I did, what, maybe one, two, three, I did three internships. I know, I know people that did more. Like my, I think Rhiannon, uh, who's like one of my closest like friends and mentors in the industry, I think Rhiannon did like seven or eight, right? How, How did she have time? <laughs> Look, she's she's amazing. She's great. Yeah, it um, worked out for her. Um, worked out for her definitely. But and then there were some. 
there are some people that focus on grades and then would only do that one internship at the end because they were required. But, yep. you know, I feel like if I did more, the more internships that I did, the more prepared I was for the actual, because one then from zillion percent, because like then you make connections that you couldn't make in the classroom. Right. And you have people that were like, oh, I, and that's why I think SB Nation just hired a lot of SB Nation interns that came from Maryland because it's like, oh, yep. I know this person already. They can do this instead of looking yep. at someone that has like a 4.0 in clips, but it's like, I don't know if they, I don't know if they really mesh with our, what we're trying to do, but SB Nation already knew you guys. And that's why going to yep. Maryland was such a good school because yeah classwork aside like that's here or there it's journalism school you know but university of maryland is near the washington capitals the washington yep. football team the washington wizards the washington mystics uh georgetown george washington university of maryland i don't know if i mentioned yeah that. i mean the school yeah the, the school itself had you know opportunities just being on a you know a school with team with really good sports teams if right the sports side of things and yeah. then if you really wanted to go to, if you really wanted to add it, you could go to Baltimore and cover the Orioles or Ravens. If you were yeah, really I determined. Mean, ba ba the thing is, Baltimore was doable. I did an internship in Baltimore. It wasn't my favorite commute, but it it was doable. You took the mark. I uh, took zip cars. Oh my god! It was a journey. Let me tell you. <laughs> People think that uh, College Park and Baltimore are closed. They're really not. It's like 40 They're minutes. definitely not close. I want to make that. I want to emphasize that right now. They're it's definitely not close. not close. But I made it happen for a semester. Yeah. it's but That's why. That's what I do when I recruit. When kids, when kids like email me or contact me and be like, how, how is the University of Maryland? I'm like, it's, it's, you know what? It's. I'm sure it's, it's also changed. Yeah. Right. I'm sure it's changed. But I hope it's changed. Yeah, I I mean it better have changed. Or, <laughs> or but else. we were but we were also given but we also had we were given so many like we were sent so many opportunities. We were sent so many emails from Olive. Yeah, who I don't. I think has I think has retired now. Olive is great, and she would email all of these opportunities every day. Oh, yeah. You would see ten or twelve things forwarded to everybody. So you all you had to do is you didn't have to like you didn't have to like sit there and just like wait for her but i'm saying is that we were given so many opportunities because we were in such a good location i agree with that it was just it was so beneficial and we had the student radio station that i did mm -hmm. radio, i did like play-by-play -play and all that yep. and then you know i did a play-by-play -play game with jake eisenberg and then i love I that was commentator yeah huge fan of him and we were like we were gonna do a thing where we switched from play by play to color commentary like and we switch at the half and then i was doing color commentary at first and then we no i was doing play by play at first and we switched and he was just so much better at play i'm like this oh, is what this is your calling dude, i'm like this jake is your the, calling jake was the all-star play by play guy <laughs> like you listened to him for five minutes and you were like all right just get hired already dude like please leave I was like, yeah, this is this is your calling. I'm gonna go do something else. <laughs> I think about that all the time. I was a broadcast major too. I was in a lot of classes with Jake. Wow. And Same. Did you even know that I was a broadcast major? I feel like nobody no. knew that because I pretended I wasn't. I but was I didn't want to like switch. It was too late for me to switch. I was a broadcast major because I I knew I knew I at so first two 
two first two three years i was a like shit tier writer you know like, like <laughs> shit tier writer english <laughs> english was my worst subject in high school shit tier writer. i mean sb nation taught me to put more voice in my writing whereas you know journalism school it's like you're you're not writing you're not writing as yourself you're writing as like it's an extension little, of the outlet now it's like i can't it's like, robotic it's like i it's can't robotic. do this like yeah so i was like let me do let me do broadcasts where at least i have control of like what to edit and all the shots and i can make all these See, you were really and... you were really good at that stuff yeah i was i was okay like i was pa it was passable like i know they were they were definitely kids that you were like oh they're going they're going places this kid yeah. so this kid's a natural um but i i think i was i was it was good enough you know i was like good enough See, to be like i i had a teacher take me out of class one time after we were doing one of those where i wanted to do broadcast because i wanted to be in front of a camera at one point i thought that that yeah. was gonna be my thing and I was so excited for those opportunities. And like that didn't, it, that never happened. All of the classes were like how to film, like you being the camera person. And I was terrible at that. And I got pulled out of class one time, which has never happened in my entire life. I was a pretty decent student. <laughs> I got pulled out of class one time and the guy literally said, it was like a 12 person class. And he was like, hey, like, I don't think you're going to make it. Like, <laughs> this man, like this man Damn. flat out said, he's like, like this was a couple weeks in he was like yeah like you're 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 just significantly behind everyone else and i was like that is really fair that's the fairest comment i've ever heard actually um i stayed in this class and still got to be but yeah that's when i was like all right i better learn how to be a writer because like this ain't it what so so how many like weeks were left it was early because he wanted me oh. to drop the class oh, but no. i oh, wow. i was like i need to graduate on time so we're gonna Damn. make this work all right, yeah. shifting gears. I want to talk about how you how did you think the WNBA bubble went? Good question. Um, I think it went well. I think maybe it didn't go as well as like they like to portray that it did. No small mishaps ever amounted to anything. So, I mean, it was successful. Nobody tested positive while they were in the bubble, which was a win. I think it was the same things as the NBA side though, where like people were not happy being in a an enclosed space not being able to like do anything or see anybody so i think you know players weren't super happy um it also wasn't really a super happy time a lot of it was serious and everybody figuring out how to deal with social justice issues um so that you know seriousness compounded with being isolated during a pandemic was like a lot on players Right. But I think that it went as well as it could have given the circumstances. Um, and I think the hope is that they're not in a bubble for this, this upcoming one. I think that it, I agree. I think that it went, it went as well as it could. And also we had, yeah. um, you know, WNBA players have been at the forefront of social justice and making statements. And yep. I think they did a really good job on that front as well. What are you excited about for the upcoming season? like storylines and players. I'm excited because last year we didn't get everybody. A couple of players chose not to play, so we didn't get Liz Cambage. Deladon was out too, yeah. We didn't get Elena Deladon. We didn't get Natasha Cloud. We didn't get a whole bunch of that Mystics lineup that, you know, won a, won a championship the year before. So that yeah. kind of stunk. And Sabrina Ionescu got hurt in like the third game of the season. And she's oh, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. like a huge reason why people want to watch. So we get, we probably at least, I guess we'll wait and see with the bubble and what everybody chooses to do. But we'll probably get all of those players back for this upcoming season, which rules. And also this free agency class was nuts. 
and a bunch of players shit to teams. We've got Candace Parker in Chicago now. There's like, if you were to list it, you could probably get five or six teams you can legitimately make a case could win a championship. So that's going to be fun as hell. That's half the league. And Candace has been doing great on inside the NBA. Candace kills me. Candace I, kills me. She's made for it. She's so funny. I do not know when the original Inside the NBA cast, like, we just, like, we used to think that, like, oh, Shaq, Charles, and Kenny were, like, we were, like, oh, they're so funny. And now it's just been the shift to be, like, oh, no, y'all are too old. Y'all need, we need some new, we need some new uh, speakers on the desk, man. Cause it's, they, uh, uh, we, tur- we turned on them quick, right? We did. We turned on them real quick. But it's good to it's good to see uh, Candace Parker and you know uh, Shanae Ogumake like yeah being, like just just talented and very. It's awesome that we get we also get these players while they're in their playing primes too. Right. Like, yeah. They like you're you're learning from somebody who is like talk about like an adjunct like they are broadcasting while being like the best at their class and best in their class right now like that's the coolest thing you're picking the brains of like the geniuses out there. Yeah, and it's good to, and it's always good to have analysts that either just recently played this style of basketball or are still playing it, because it's the best. Because if you do the like, Shaq retired in two thousand eleven. Dude, they were explaining drop coverage to Shaq. Like he doesn't <laughs> get it. Like the dude is so outdated in terms of like what actually happens in basketball right now. It's Candace only... was shocked. Candace was shocked. It's only been a decade. And NBA and, basketball and just modern basketball in general has just changed so drastically. This dude was like, oh, why don't they just, like, rotate a little quicker? And Candace is like, because then that guy's going to shoot the basketball? What the hell are you talking about? Like, <laughs> did, you, did you play around three-point shooters ever, Shaq? What is- <laughs> have, have, you, have you looked at a basketball court? Everybody can shoot a three now. Yeah, and that's oh, that's so interesting. Have you been watching either tournament this year? I have been watching a decent amount of both. It's hard because it's so much to watch all of it. I think it'll get a little easier starting like this weekend when there's fewer games, but it's been pretty fun. What do you think? I think it's been fun. That Texas A&M finish. Listen, A&M had to finish. And then Paige, uh, I don't know how to say her last name, Bukers? Beckers. Beckers, okay, yeah. Paige Beckers is like really good. And that's the thing is that, we about we had known about her from like overtime videos on Instagram and like that's so cool about like the social media area era is like covering more women's basketball as well and I think it's just going to become an exponential like growth kind of thing. She I feel like when we go back and talk about this era of like the overtime people blowing up high school kids, I will think of Zion on the men's side and I will think of Paige on the women's side as just two like figures that. Yeah, they were like nonstop on Instagram or TikTok or wherever you're finding wherever their highlights are. And then you were like, well, they can't possibly be that good, you know, in, in real life. Like once they get out of this AAU stuff and then they're freaking they're dominant. Yeah. Yeah. And they had these huge platforms. Like it's nuts. I'm glad it's finally happening happening on the women's side. Cause like, you know, that whenever you see a player who is so much better than the rest of their field, they're must watch. And Paige is must watch. Must watch. Yeah. I agree. So then again, but. You got, we also got to talk about the NCAA being just absolute. Oh, the NCAA bags. being a dumpster fire? Wow. Oh Who couldn't God. see this coming? Look, I was just like, I. whenever I saw something new, I was like, I'm like, 
who thought this was a good idea? And I was like, who the fuck thought this was a good idea? And this is an awful They don't idea. think. They, they think thought, they're going to get away with it. They That's thought the they problem. were slick. They thought they mm-hmm. were so slick with that. And mm-hmm. I think it was it was the, the weight room TikTok that got me. The weight room? Here's the thing. I think covering women's basketball for a couple of years, I've seen you know, the horrible treatment in different places. And I, I definitely was like not shocked that something like this would happen for the NCAA tournament. Yeah. But that was one of the most blatant instances I've seen in my couple of years. Like that was, that was like that's shittier than like a garbage hotel waiver. But except yeah. it's except it was for the top sixty four basketball teams in the country. Yeah, that's just yeah. And and the thing that like the thing that just made me like just just upset was the fact that the NCAA fixed it in like. Like it was this nothing. Was so, this was so solvable. They fixed it like it was nothing. And then they were like, wait room's here. And they tweeted it hey, out. And I was tweet. like, I was like, guys. I'm like, the tweet. I know, that, I know that social media person immediately logged off. I know. I feel bad off. because I'm sure that, that that person was like told they had to do it. But like that. Yeah. Come on, man. Self-awareness. Just have a little bit of it. It's one just... self-awareness. Have one. It's just so ridiculous. I was just like, bro. And like from everything from like even the food. Oh, the food, dude. I'm still trying to figure out what that meat was. It right. had like hole. It had holes in it. Right. I don't. It's, it's like the M- NCAA. Ugh, NCAA is like a what billion dollar organization. And they still like try to just this is... get by and be slick. It's and... just like you had all year to pr- like it wasn't even like this tournament was the first like covid instance we had and covid just popped up we've had a full 12 months for you guys to plan this one out so right yeah what what i hope doesn't happen though which sometimes is the case because it happened in the WNBA too at the beginning of their bubble when mm-hmm. there were some shit conditions that everybody was talking about and that's what went viral at national national media outlets covered and it's important to cover that for sure, but like I hope they don't drift away now. Like if th- at this point, if you're if you were mad enough to cover the mistreatment of the women at the tournament, then you got to cover the good stuff too, right? If you want to like be part of that solution, so things like this don't happen, like also show the really cool shit that's happening. Yeah, Let's talk the about highlights and fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Let's you know, I I hope everyone who covered that keeps the energy moving forward in the tournament because that's that's how things change, right? We show that this stuff's actually dope. Yeah, and going and going to a WNBA game is so much fun. It really is. That was it's my, like it's that was my favorite part of actually one of my favorite parts of living in DC was going to see the Mystics, and I remember they were one so good Mystics were so good. <laughs> they were and, so good, and we would go and I forget. Oh no, I remember that matchup. This was Elena Del Don versus Candace Parker, and I was like, oh, this is incredible, and the yep. fan atmosphere was electric it's it's the dream right because it feels like it is a packed stadium because obviously it's a lot smaller but it is a packed stadium which makes the sports so much more enjoyable like watching these sports on tv even the same basketball players like even watching lebron james in front of an empty court doesn't feel the same but if you pack like four to six thousand people in a smaller gym it's loud it's like you can hear everything every WNBA game kind of had that like college basketball feel where it was just like a ton of noise nonstop. It, it just yeah. felt high energy. Yeah, ton of noise, electricity, all that. 
Yep. So you've been recently published to the New York Times. What what did, what did that? How did that happen? And like, how did that make you feel? Like just seeing it. Were you, and you got it framed, right? My parents did frame it for me. I don't know. I still don't think that's like one thing I haven't really processed yet. I don't think. I think I was shocked when I I had gotten an email asking to do it, and yeah, I was like, me? Like I. Like, did you read my, like, look at espionation.com? I wrote about, like, I don't know. I wrote about, like, a dildo being thrown on the field. Like, is that is that who you want <laughs> writing for you? It was really cool, though. It kind of, it did. It felt good. It felt awesome to be able to talk about the sport I really like in front of a big audience like that. You know, that's, I think that's a big reason why I like covering the WNBA in general, because I feel like I'm helping the sport grow and getting a giant piece like that on Candace Cand- in the Times. It just felt, you know, it felt like a lot of what I was working for. So it was very cool. The only thing that my parents framed was everything from my USA Today sports internship. And <laughs> it's an article about, the, one of them is an article about five players that I think would be sleepers in the draft. And none of them, like, were in the league after two years. <laughs> and my parents framed it. And I'm just like, uh, well. <laughs> you can't tell them. I can't. They don't. They you can't don't tell know. them. They're just gonna be they like, "Yo, my son's so smart." And no, that's not. Listen, the you gotta like let that. them have it and just cover it up if anybody asks. All right, we're gonna round it up with a few listener questions. Oh no. We have Jeremy Snyder asking, "What is your favorite college park meal?" You know what my favorite for? Uh, I actually I have a concerning meal. First of all, I have. There was first of all there was one time I won't forget this. There was I wanted meatballs. I think it was meatballs. And I saw the person in front of me in line get meatballs. And then I was like, okay, like, I also want meatballs. And the guy behind the the counter was like, oh, you don't want those meatballs. And I was like, like, wait, but you just served that kid those meatballs. What's wrong with the meatballs? And he wouldn't answer me and he wouldn't serve me the meatballs. So I'm still concerned about that. And I think about that often. But was that in the cafeteria? uh, Yes, it was North which, Campus. No, oh, it was North Campus. campus. Yeah, which, you know, some crazy shit went on in North Campus. Yeah, but I will yeah. always think of that, and I hope that kid's doing okay from that meatball, um, like, seven years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> my favorite my favorite actual meal, I, uh, I always used to get the wraps and just throw everything in there. That yeah. was, like, my, like, Sunday staple, I think. I'm trying to remember what I really put in there, but I feel like it was just, like, throw it all in there, and I'll figure out what I like. I was a big uh, quesadilla guy. Okay. Quesadillas there were really good. But there's also um, at 251 North. Ooh. So at Maryland, we had this one diner called 251 North. It was an all-you-could-eat uh, diner because the other the other, the other, other diners on campus aren't all-you-can-eat for some reason. Um, yeah, no, no but, enough. But 251 North, you could go there once a week and you used, like just have like a meal swipe. So they had everything. So what I would do is I would get – a double cheeseburger yeah then, then put pulled pork on it <laughs> yep and then yep. put a piece of and then put some bacon on it and i would eat that are you well no is your body still holding up no yeah that explains it <laughs> but that was that was the place that you knew you'd go to and you wouldn't eat for hours before because you were like right. that I'm, I'm gonna eat everything that place has to offer yeah that's true a fun spot. We have another question from Rob. 
do y'all feel that the women's college game is closer to the WNBA game than the men's is to the NBA? If yes, why? And should either women's or men's college basketball be doing anything differently beyond paying the players, allowing them to profit off their name and likeness? Oh, yeah. Interesting question. I guess I would say only because the women stay in college basketball for three or four years. So they're really polished by the end of their career. So it's much more likely that a rookie will step on the court from college to the W and she'll be a pretty competitive player right away. We're like, I feel like in the NBA, most of the time they're drafting a guy on like potential, how raw he is. And then they expect him to like not be so great the first year or two. And he's a guy who you pick and you're like, hopefully in three or four years, he'll be like all-star level. You know, Sabrina Unescu, her senior year in college, like she could have probably just been an all-star in the WNBA so that's probably the difference I would I would note I think that that's a good point because you know you have all these like raw prospects and it's like this guy has all the tools yeah like he, like yeah. yeah like and we're gonna see it with Kate Cunningham right like you yes. you can tell that you can tell 100% that Kate is gonna be an awesome player but I don't think it would surprise me if he wasn't that great as a rookie like he's very thin he's got a lot of work to do on his handles like he's gonna be very good for sure but you know, if he was if he was four years into college, you know, he'd be uh, on, a, on a different level. But that's just the differences between it. Lexi asks, oh, how no. is the home garden doing? I would like to let everybody know that I am growing a home garden and it is going great. I'm growing spinach. I'm growing oregano. Uh, I have sunflowers growing. I have I have green onions, I think, growing some wildflowers. Like, listen, I'm getting really serious and I've got a little balcony now and I'm going to fill it with uh, with some herbs and little vegetables and we're going to have a great summer. Dude, I have, I have two plants and I killed one of them. I saw that you got plants. What plants did you end up getting? So I got a snake plant. So a snake oh, plant. Oh, come on. You, you can't kill I those. Didn't, I didn't kill the snake plant, okay? You I can't didn't. kill those. They're like, they live for neglect. Yeah. They're like, oh, you forget the... about me? You, they're like, you're not going to kill me. You can try, but you won't. I didn't kill the snake plant. Now, I had a pothos plant. You killed that one. Yeah, I killed that one. So, the, <laughs> the, so but it was like, a, it was really stupid. It was really stupid. So, I, I had watched a TikTok that said, if you boil eggs. <laughs> that, I'm sorry. Wait, can you repeat that? I saw a TikTok that said, if you boil the eggs and uh-huh. then and then take uh-huh. and then if you keep the boiled egg water, that the plants would benefit from the nutrients that were boiled off of the boiled eggs. You fed your plant boiled eggs? No, I fed my plant boiled egg water. But, but, here's, here's why I went wrong. I didn't. Let the water, I already know where you went wrong. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't let the water cool. Oh, you just burnt the shit out of your plant. Yeah. You, did you just burn the roots right out? I. It was some of the. It was like the the leaves immediately just like brown. I was like, you you did plant murder. <laughs> I don't think I've ever witnessed a plant murder like that. Usually it's like a slow like I I slowly killed my plant plant because I neglected it. You like. Yeah, I you, you melted it. Yeah, I feel I feel really bad. I feel like I, I was, need to I was report like, that. 
Because, again, I don't, we don't have a lot of sunlight here, so I wanted these low-sunlight plants, and they were just like, okay. But I didn't know that if you, I, I never knew that if you pour hot water on a plant, they don't like it. <laughs> just, I have so many questions. I, have you ever seen a plant that had hot water before? Because you realize most plants are like live outside and they get rainwater, which isn't hot. Yeah, I knew, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Well, here's the thing. I think you and the snake plant are a perfect match. I think you should, you should just, you guys can thrive together. I'm looking at it right now. I'm not, I don't know. Is he still looking okay? Yeah, it's looking fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll stick to the snake for now. Yeah. The snake plant. And then <laughs> I also want to know what, what side of TikTok that's on. Actually, I don't want to say it too loud because then my phone's going to start giving me those videos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Chill and Kofi. But before we go, Matt, where can they find you on the internet? Best place is just Twitter, at M. Ellen Tuck. It is spelled exactly how you think it is. All right, sounds good. For those of you guys who are first-time listeners of this podcast, feel free to go to Chillin' with Kofi on Apple Podcasts and give this a rating or review. You can also find this podcast on Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, other podcast places, and yeah, yep, yep, yep. Follow him and buy some home field merch. Yes, buy some home field merch. Buy some home field merch. We're going to we're going to have a. I'm supposed to get a code soon. Yes. So if we get the code, if we get the code, everybody go get your Kofi sponsored home field merch. (laughs) You won't regret it. All right, man. Okay. This has been Chill with Kofi. I will see you guys later. Have a good one. Bye.